Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. What are we talking about on the Law Report tonight? We're we talking about family homes. You know that this is a Gauteng uh, issue. Everybody who is from Gauteng, lives in Gauteng, knows a thing or two about family homes and the problems that they present. And that's what we're talking about this evening. And as always, you can give me a ring, 86 959 I got some great experts for you. All right. Welcome to the Law Reports. Before we start our show, uh, many thanks to Cindy Fonsell. She's back with you again tomorrow. And you can lo- look forward to yet another show from her but tonight we're talking about family homes. So um, I'm joined um, um, in studio by, by a, a man whom, when last I saw him, was called Mr. Ngobizita Mlilo. And now he's called Advocate Ngobizita Mlilo. So, so if, 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 I, if, I, if I don't refer to him by, by his uh, more recently acquired title, I'm sure he'll forgive me. And Dr. Mlilo, good evening. Mike, you must behave yourself. <laughs> so, so I don't know, man. Uh, you know, this attorney life is not, not for me. Eh? You, you, you want to be an advocate. No, but congrats. Yeah. Can I exercise my right to remain silent? You know what people say to me? You know what people say to me? Just, just, just on, 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 a, on a side note. People say to me, Michael, when are you going to be, become an advocate? And I go, why? <laughs> so, so, you know, because traditionally advocates is like the pinnacle of it. Well, which, which, you, you know. Um, well, they ask you, are you a lawyer or an advocate? <laughs> <laughs> but congrats, man. Um, it's, you know, the sidebar was nice, was good while it lasted, but it's done now. Um, uh, have fun um, at the bar. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much. Can and, I and sit I, down? And I, and, I guess, and I guess we'll be seeing you um, not less on, on the law report. We'll, we'll be... Well, we, you, you can have me on speed dial. Like, let's not have change. Let's change <laughs> yeah. it, but not, not your presence on the law report. But anyway, thank you, my brother, um, and congrats. And also joining me for the very first time um, from an organization called probono.org. And, and you're going to know a little bit more about this organization because it does some amazing work, some of which, no doubt, you can benefit from, from just keeping your ears peeled and listening to some of the, the work that they do. Ms. Tenelo Masha, she's the head of housing, refugee, and community advice office. Uh, Madam, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Senator wrote a paper um, on a position paper on family houses and, um, and and this is significant because we're always talking about this, uh, these family houses and, 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 and the conversations that we've been having on the law report about this subject has been from different dimensions but never one as 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 academically focused as this where where just to show how big an issue it is, mm. there, there's a position paper written um, uh, on it uh, by Tena uh, Lomasha. But she didn't do it alone. She did it in conjunction with the University of Birmingham and um, what we call the associate professor, Mr. Maxime Bolt. Um, uh, uh, Maxime, good evening and thank you so much for joining us via Skype. Hello, Maxime? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Welcome, uh, welcome to the Law Report and thank you so much for, for joining us uh, on Skype. Thank you very much for having me. All right, so the, I, I guess a, a good starting point, and I, and, 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 and I, I don't want to miss this point, Tanalo. Mm. Um, you've written the position <coughs> paper. Let's talk about who is probono.org. Right. And, and I want to get to 
where Afropolitans can get this position paper mm. because because I don't just want to leave it there. I want to leave Afropolitans with a sense of, of being empowered. Absolutely. So, Provona.org is a non-profit organization. We are a law clinic, a registered law clinic. Uh, we operate as a legal clearinghouse. Uh, one of the very few in the continent. And um, the, the primary objective of the organization is to make pro bono services available mm -hmm. to communities that are in need. And we do this by partnering with the private legal profession. So my esteemed colleague here who has recently acquired uh, this very profound status of being counsel will be engaged, will be receiving an email from me where I'm saying to him, um, uh, counsel, you are required uh, uh, for pro bono assistance. So our work is, is premised around um, <coughs> ensuring access to justice mm -hmm. and using and, and uh, harnessing the skills of the private legal profession to ensure that um, communities uh, especially marginalized communities have access to the courts, have access to the justice system. And this paper, I mean, I, you know, I guess the starting point is what was it about this issue of family houses that was so important that, that, that made you write this? And, and, and I think it's an important one because it sort of gives us an idea. And, and for you at home, Afropolitan, um, I have um, Leela, who you know very well, and, 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 and my two guests ready and able to take any calls that you might have regarding um, any issue you might have regarding your family home. Um, and the number to dial as always is 86 And I must tell you, you want to call us the sooner the better. If you phone us five minutes before the time, it will not help you nor us because we will not be able to adequately uh, deal with your question. Mm. So what was it that, that got you to a point where you say, you know, we got to team up with the University of Birmingham and, and write about family house. So maybe just to mention that uh, probono.org had a long-standing relationship with Dr. Bolt. Um, mm. He had attended through his own research about inheritance and kinship. He was attending to our master's, uh, Johannesburg master's office help desk, mm -hmm. where he was trying to understand how you know the law intertwines with kinship and inheritance. And this concept kept on coming kinship? up. As in the royalty or kinship? Oh, kinship Which as in as in how we relate, how we are related sure, sure, um, sure. as individuals mm -hmm. and how that relation then uh, translate in in terms of succession and who gets what. For sure. Uh, so obviously the master's office where the administration of deceased estates would have been, you know, the the, the centered point to to get an understanding of these um, of these issues. Mm. And it was through his own observation that he, you know, realized that there is this concept. Meanwhile, we were also dealing with it from a legal perspective. Yeah. Um, we, at that point, had engaged a couple of, of, of stakeholders that we knew were part of the profession, but also had historic knowledge of how this concept had developed over time. So it, it, it became like a natural progression where we, it just, you know, when, when you talk about research and, and, and casework, uh, there's a point where we, we, you realize that there's one consistent theme that comes up and this concept, the family house kept, mm. kept coming up. It kept on coming up in eviction matters. It kept on coming up in matters related <coughs> to administration of deceased estates. Uh, it kept on even coming up with uh, the deeds office work that we do where we try to get conveyances in to come and assist with, with um, doing transfers for deceased estates where people would literally say, yes, I've inherited my grandmother's house, but this is a family house. So please transfer to the family. And then you, the law says, yeah. Uh, but, but but the word family house or family home, uh, it's not a legal word. It's not a 
um, you know, so there's no law that I know mm. or of that that sort of says family house mm. this way and that way. Exactly. Um, uh, so so put differently, um, a house in Randberg for all intents and purposes, would it not be the same as a house in Soweto? It would be mm -hmm. and it should be. The only difference here is when you're dealing with it from a land registration per, uh, perspective, it's, it's, it's not catered for, let me use that word. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the, 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 the use of this word and how people identified with these properties was predominantly in the black urban uh, townships, and that's why we concentrated the research there to try and understand where does this concept actually come from and how has it developed over time and why is it, um, you know, how it interfaces with the current land registration and also just current, the, the current land systems in the country and how the law does or doesn't actually recognize it. If, if I can bring in uh, Maxime here, um, in, in your paper, the possession paper, you, you almost connect the relationship that we have to these family houses to something that we bring from the the, the rural areas and you use uh, much more fancier words than 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 are in my question but you you sort of tie the relationship that we as as urban dwellers have to these family home homes as as ones that we would have had historically yeah so uh, what we found um I mean, in, in, in my own research and uh, on Sonolo's, uh, Sonolo's side in, in casework is that, I mean, what lies behind this uh, concept of the family house is two different things that really become difficult to, uh, to disentangle uh, today. Mm. On the one hand, yeah, there is a, an older idea um, that has continued um, and that, of course, we often associate with rural areas which is the home um, as something with collective family entitlement. Sure. Um, and as something that is much more than an asset, is a, uh, is, is a kind of materialization of kinship, um, is a place to return to, is a place that is cross-generational, is a place of the ancestors. Um, but what uh, is also clear is that this got tied up in... Uh, urban townships with the particular history of housing during apartheid. Mm. So, of course, uh, in black townships, uh, housing uh, was uh, overwhelmingly rental housing. And this was administered on the basis of permits to reside that were known as family permits. And those permits, of course, gave a particular kind of um, official tone to the idea of the house as a family house. And over time... Uh, the two ideas of family house, the idea of the family house that pointed back uh, and pointed across into um, uh, a sense of rural uh, rural custom and rural history, and on the other hand, the way that um, a highly racially divided uh, system administered uh, housing. These two uh, came together. But one thing that uh, in the paper, in the position paper, and in the research, we're really keen uh, to emphasize is that often uh, people, when they think about custom, assume that we're talking about rural parts of the country. Mm. Whereas uh, in this case, what we really see are popular norms that should be understood as customary, but are distinctly urban because of the particular history they've had and the way that this intertwines uh, with the way that apartheid um, affected housing.
I, I find, you know, the, the, particularly the first proposition of of how this ties into uh, our custom. I find it interesting because there's another debate parallel to this in regard to rural rural homes. Yes. And and there the conversation is about communal ownership. Mm. Um, um, or you know, I don't. It's actually not even a, a good way of saying it because there is no ownership in mm. in 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 the private law sense as we understand it. Yes. It's just the right to occupy. Mm. And 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 there, that villages and corners and Eskotinska Banban, Guas Banban, it happens not just in you know in all provinces, mm. um, um, where where families have certain you know have certain rights over a certain part and nobody claims that as their as their private dwelling and i'm i'm wondering how you know on the one hand that arrangement is not free of criticism in other words nobody is looking at the rural setup and saying well it's great that kings and chiefs are the owners and holders of 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 these property rights there are those amongst us who, who, who think, yeah, maybe not, I want to trade, I want to be able to, mm. you know, before, you know, I want to be able to sell it, etc. Et Are we borrowing or should we be borrowing um, from some of the lessons that one experiences in regard to these rural homes into the treatment of what we then call family homes in, in urban areas? Well, I, that's, that's a very good question. Um, I think in the paper we deal with that issue mm. where we, we look at what the economics and how they actually feed into what is the quagmire in, in trying to get a, a sort of a, a legal kind of definition for, for this concept. Mm -hmm. Definitely one of the considerations are around if you are to define a property as a fam family house, what would then be the economic consequences of that definition, mm -hmm. especially because... The, the, the concept itself seeks to exclude um, the property from ever being, you know, uh, the sole property of one individual. And obviously, you know, flowing from that, the property would then not be subject to being bonded or being used as security for any kind of financial transactions. Mm. And I think it's it's one area that has not been explored. Um, I think with, with the work that's going to continue in the paper is obviously looking at how would how would in recognizing this concept actually affect uh, property markets, especially in, in, in the black urban areas where there is almost two realities that exist. Mm -hmm. One that is ensuring that there's a space and a property that is accommodating family members that would not be able to secure mm. um, properties. And on the other hand, is also looking at, uh, you know, how do we utilize that property to bring some sort of, you know, economic development to the family itself? And, and and another thing, uh, Lila, you can jump in right right after this one. Um, another thing, Maxime, if I can maybe put this one to you, when you look at how we were able to sustain family homes in rural areas, it's because of you know patent discrimination against women insofar as their right to occupy and uh, and, and 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 sort of carry forward the possession and ownership. Of, of those properties. And I think one of the immediate difficulties that one faces in, in respect of these family homes is, you know, you, you call it a family home and yes, it's, it's the Bill residence, that's all good and well, uh, but Bill marries a woman uh, uh, from Tembu and Bill dies and it was a family, but now former Tembu is now family and, and, and she wants to remarry and, and here comes 
God forbid, Mlilo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I'm going to take it. <laughs> Up north. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes Mlilo from nowhere and suddenly family home or even the concept of family has had so many variables to it because there's Bill and Tembu and now uh, uh, Mlilo. And, and, and now my family, of course, would, would, un, would be in all likeliness not be welcomed by the Mlilo family. How, 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 how do we overcome that if, if at all an attempt has been made? Well, I mean, of course, I mean, an attempt in, in, in relation to the, um, the urban settings that we're talking about, attempts haven't really been made. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really uh, open terrain. And we, uh, we are definitely uh, interested in trying to understand better and work through the complexities mm-hmm. of how this would work in practice. And we're not suggesting that we have that all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, what we... Uh, our starting point is that um, the family house as an entity, uh, as a popular norm, needs to be taken seriously, um, given that under the Constitution, uh, custom is supposed to be given uh, equivalent weight to uh, to common law, so customary law and common law. Um, and if we take this seriously as urban custom, then... Uh, there is an, an an argument for ensuring that uh, this concept is is formally recognised and legally uh, protected. Um, as far as what would happen in relation to the the marginalisation of vulnerable people, this is something we're particularly concerned with, and we've thought particularly uh, hard about. Actually, what we uh, have found and what we think is that I mean. In fact, informally, outside of the law, family houses already exist. People um, uh, administer their own uh, living situations in terms of collective family houses, essentially outside of legal categories. And what we think and what, uh, what we hope is that actually by bringing a concept like this inside the law and under the Constitution uh, will or would offer ways uh, to think about how to make it constitutionally compliant, Mm -hmm. how in fact precisely to work with definitions of the family that do not systematically exclude uh, women or particular children, for example. So really, it's the the problem that we're dealing with is is not simply would the concept marginalise certain people, but does the concept already marginalise certain people mm. and rather does would incorporating it um, into legal recognition actually help mitigate that mm. uh, Mike um, and, and maybe let me let me also direct my my thoughts to you because as I was preparing for the show I I realised that there was a lot of litigation mm. around these uh, th- these houses mm. and when you read the facts around the litigation it's almost the I same the, the the facts are almost identical. You're only changing the names and the characters and the address, <laughs> uh, and 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 the almost to suggest that this concept of of a family house has become almost a legal term in and of itself, because the way in which the legislation then deals with who actually owns the house. Mm is not how we traditionally understand in the strict Western Roman Dutch law understanding of what constitutes an ownership of a house. Mm. Because a house can be registered in a person's name 
and then the the the, the tribunal or the administrator uh, makes a determination that notwithstanding that the house is registered in someone's name actually it's not his house and the, the the house must be transferred to to a different person so much so that i think that there, there is room for the accommodation of both black people continuing to live their african customary law as far as the uh, the ownership of the house as a family mm. rather than being given to a particular person in other words this person is simply holding in trust mm. for for the family and also accepting the roman dutch concept of individual ownership because during the process of family negotiations about who owns the property the family is entitled to say we are in fact divesting our ownership and giving it to a particular person mm. and from then onwards the process moves from there so i think that the two can actually reconcile and and i don't think that there's there's um there, there is need for 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 panic because families in terms of the, the the existing legislation and the inquiry that is required as far as ownership is concerned families have a choice to decide that this property will not be owned by anyone but you'll continue to be held in trust by one person on behalf of of everyone or can make a decision that this house is now going to be owned by this person to the exclusion of everyone else if i can maybe jump in there mm. uh that has been primarily the source of the problem that that, that entire process mm. and what what so what happened is that when 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 township properties were moving from the system of permits into individualized title the department of human settlements i think was alive to to these dynamics that you know they, there's families that are residing in these properties and there's people who are custodians or people who take care of the property or take care of the family and um you know having to convert that system into a title deed might be you know might require some 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 sort of um wordplay so initially there was something called a family rights agreement where one individual will get title uh so the property would be registered in bill's name we as the children of of whoever you know if we are all siblings all three of us are siblings the property would be registered in bill's name because on nomination from us he's mm. the one who's been taking care of the family in terms of african custom he's the eldest child and he's the one who has that responsibility we then sign a family rights agreement that says that uh, bill and, and that's not registered so this is where the issue is okay. in terms of the the, the, the legal provision of this concept the family rights agreement is 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 not registered because the deeds registry system doesn't accommodate this kind of you know there's a habitat show there's uh, there's the user frank that says me as an individual i've got a right to this property but the concept as we understood it and as we've worked on this paper is that this right is not actually in for one person it's a right that survives me and moves yeah. on after i pass on to my descendants and to their descendants so, and to your spouse and Mm -hmm. we'll come back to that mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that spouse issue so the the issue was that um even from a from a from a from a so administrative much so, so much so that bills bills children can directly inherit from that property yes so yeah. the issue then yeah. then became that bill then gets married we've signed mm. a family rights agreement mm. bill gets married mm. and th this always happens bill dies <laughs> and then when bill dies <laughs> cause unknown <laughs> let's go let's take a break and when we come back we continue our discussion but remember it's not the show is not for me it's for you so you give us a call and these guys here are more than happy to take any of your calls the number to dial 86 we're back after this Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back to The Law Report. I'm still in conversation talking about family homes and we're going to be unpacking what that actually means. Um, 
and um, what that actually means to you as a legal right uh, and obligation, whatever the case might be. And I'm joined in the studio by Advocate Mozi <laughs> I'm getting used to that. Um, <laughs> as well as Tenel Lomasha, she's the Head of Housing, Refugee and Community Advice at, the, at probona.org. And uh, Associate Professor, uh, Dr. Maxime Bolt, um, he's from the University of Birmingham. And together with uh, Tenel, they've written a position paper on family houses and we're trying to understand how some of the challenges are proposed to be suggested because this is certainly much needed insight as Mlelo has pointed out there are so many cases currently underway about these family houses you can imagine um, when we're talking about a family houses a family house some houses I mean so it was built um, 60s 50s around that time right and you can imagine how many people have died since mm. and, and how many issues arise as a result. So that's our conversation tonight. And you might want to be buying a house in Soweto or not just Soweto. I mean, there's so many townships um, in the East Rand from, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge problem. And it, and it affects us specifically as Afropolitans. So do give us a call. 86 Let's take a call. And I know you, you wanted to, to, to exhaust the thought that you had. We'll come back to it, Tenolo. But let's take a call from Paul calling from Kempton Park. Hello, Paul. Good evening um, to your panel and to you, Mike. Um, I would have actually liked to hear what Tenolo was going to say regarding the marriage portion, but be that as it may. <laughs> we'll let her. My... We'll, we'll insist she tells us. She finishes. <laughs> okay. So my question regarding this family housing thing is, because they we technically don't have like a title deed, right? Mm. What happens in the situation where you've got a grandmother who's had two children and the two children, um, only one of them has a son and the other child, well, both of them have died as well as the grandmother. Mm. Um, and now we've got an aunt who's actually a, a cousin to the grandmother living in this family house. Would she be entitled to use this house considering that she doesn't she's not technically a proper descendant because mm. she's not the child of the grandmother and the grandson is around but because he doesn't have the I don't know the power to go and remove this grand this this aunt mm. like how would we assist where would where would we go um does the grandson even have the right to go and ask the aunt to move out because she's not a descendant? And the grandson would be the descendant of the grandmother who's, in fact, also died interstate. So there hasn't been a will. And would this use of this house actually fall into the into a interstate or interstate kind of death? Mm, mm. I think very important question, mm. isn't it? Because, okay. because here you have somebody who's not a direct descendant mm. is is probably um, a niece to the to the grandmother mm. you know uh, I'm right Tempo she would have been your the, your, the aunt, your aunt is your grandmother's niece correct yeah so it's like on the side, on and, the side and if yeah. you look at interstate succession you know um, nieces and nephews don't ordinarily mm. inherit or at least not immediately mm. uh, how does this play out so maybe um, I'm going to have two two answers for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one would be currently in terms of what the legal provisions are. Mm-hmm. And then the other one would obviously lo- look at what the customary provisions would be. So she said something very important. The house does not have a title deed. Mm. Uh, that means that... Uh, sorry, Mpo, where is, where is the property situated? Renfantin. So it is within the housing. It's in a township in yeah. Renfantin on the West Rand. 
Okay, so depending on, on what the situation is with regards to the title deed, uh, there, there would be an inquiry that is done by either Human Settlements or the local government department, the uh, Housing Human Settlements Department, who then have to do an inquiry mm. uh, on who has the rights to get title over that property. Mm. Uh, and this now becomes the process that is strictly looking at uh, land occupation. Mm. Uh, so it, it, tie, it almost cuts the cord uh, in terms of family links because now it's the, it's the state trying to regularize a person's occupation of a property. And what we found is that there have been you know, litigation on, on whether or not a person who has familial rights to a property is entitled to claim a property once that property title is, 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 is registrable to an individual. So that, that might be a, a matter where it might be subject to interpretation where um, the current occupant can make a claim for the property in terms of saying, I've lived here for X amount of years, mm. I'm entitled to this property in terms of whatever provisions I at play. But the family, and more specifically the grandson, can also submit a claim to say, well, actually, you know, this property used to be my grandmother's. Yeah, and yeah I think so they can both submit a claim, so but who is likely to succeed? <laughs> so, 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 so what has been happening in these adjudications is, is that the judgments are almost like you popcorn. <laughs> it's it's in, it's entirely almost discretionary. Extremely. So you you can have exactly the same facts, mm. giving you almost a different result from an adjudicative because the decision is, is administrative in, in in nature. And if you are unhappy with the investigation that has been done at that level, mm. your recourse is to approach to, to approach the high court mm. on appeal, not necessarily on review. Exactly. That's where the, even the difference is. Mm. So so the the issue of family, like like she has indicated might actually not even be the most determinative factor. Even if you're not a direct descendant of the, of the person, the concept of family is broader than that because you can claim uh, that you have a right to the transfer of the title by virtue of that you, 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 you are occupying the property. Or they would go back into the history to look at the permit. On that permit, who was listed on that permit mm. and who has a relationship with anyone of the, of the pe pe persons that are uh, um, um, making a claim on it. And so, 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 so I think, yeah, I finish your line of thought. So, so I, I think the issue to actually take home is, if, if, if people who have any relationship with these family houses, the earlier you get this thing resolved, the better. Speaking Be of that, I yeah. mean, prescription. We know that there's also a prescription. If you have a claim, there's a time within which you got to pursue mm. it. Um, so, mm -hmm. auntie's been living there for ten years. Wh when do you then say? Oh, actually, I'm the descendant. I'm the direct descendant of no. the of the previous owner or occupier of this property. No, the, the the question in this respect will not be a question of prescription because prescription because it's an attempt to correct years and years. So prescription but, but, does not. Mm. The, 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 what features where you are going as far as laying a claim within a reasonable time is not on the person that is actually in the occupation of the property. Is in respect of the person that wants to make a claim on the property. Yeah. Mm. So if your conduct demonstrates an unreasonable delay in, in instituting a claim then because when you're querying this it, it actually has to be reviewed in terms of administrative law so you you have to follow um whatever is prescribed in in, in paja as far as 80 days that your conduct must be reasonable yeah my conduct your conduct must be reasonable in you making a claim on the but but i mean even that is another problem you spoke about family agreement mm. so i don't think that the aunt just dropped in there i was about exactly. to there, there, to there would have been some kind of like you know yes. and then 
17 years down the line meanwhile the grandchild is young probably at that point mm. and meanwhile now he's not 18 he didn't just become 18 when Mpo phoned on his behalf yeah. mm. so he might have just you know when somebody's living in the house you know you have it but you don't want to start a fight or, or whatever the case might be and then you're just living because wherever he might be he might be comfortable but when he's now 30 and he realizes that actually houses out there are very expensive he's like hang on i actually got a house there that i could have claimed 12 years ago and i didn't and now i'd like to claim it mm. so maybe let me just throw another uh, another aspect that we might we need to be mindful of is that not all the properties are registrable to an individual mm. so you have instances when the 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 actual township itself has not been registered and that basically means that no individual individual title can be given to a person and that does cause a delay and causes a delay. So we are anticipating that we will still be having this conversation uh, about RDP houses. I mean, people get RTB houses and they stay in them for 10, 15 years without getting a title. Mm. And in that space of time, deaths occur and uh, people move in, people make arrangements, yet there isn't any legal protections that are available for, for those particular arrangements. So I think in this instance, the question would be, what was the arrangement, the yeah. initial arrangement with the aunt having yeah. moved in in the first place? I certainly yeah. don't think she dropped in and decided, oh, this house is vacant. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, but it's I mean, it could have been a legitimate one, as, as would be the case, to yeah. say, you know, come, come stay here, you're still struggling for now, you've just divorced your, 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 your husband, and he's chased you out of the house, so come stay here for a while. But yeah. a while is now 15 years down the line. It, it doesn't change anything. It can be 20, it can be 100 years. As long as the, the, the occupation was, 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 was on a particular set of an agreement, that agreement remains. So, so and then another problem arises. The people that made that agreement are not there. The grandmother is, you know, it, it, it is gone. And here comes poor grandchild awakening to the fact that he may or may not own land i think that i think that there's a lot of work that's going to be needed for certainty mm. you got to create certainty because if you have an occupier suddenly enjoying a greater right than somebody who through succession so so, so maybe let's do this mike yeah. Let, let's not hog it let's not hog it we'll come <laughs> yeah, back no, okay. yeah I, I, I just wanted to make this point to sure. say for, for what it is worth Mm -hmm. Try and establish the basis upon the occupation of the property as it is now. Okay, Mpo, you're still there. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you help us quickly? Why is the aunt living there? So the aunt actually moved in when the, the youngest son died, mm -hmm. which was about three years ago. And it wasn't through any agreement. So it was basically there's nobody living here, so I'm going to move in there with my children. And she's technically just moved in and sort of claimed okay. the house. How old is, so the, is this grandchild? So the grandson currently is 34 and okay. he wants to... I mean, three years, that shouldn't be bad. Yeah. Three years? No, no, no. I mean, I don't have to wrestle you and race you to the property. You move in and I'm like, yeah, okay, let me see how this goes. Uh, that Surely... My question is, where was the grandson? I mean, we were we are referring to him as if he might. He's not a minor, certainly, and he's yeah. a person who, if he had a vested in, interest in this property, might have or should have, in, exactly. you know, from a reasonable perspective, taken some sort of initiative to lay claim to this property. So the other question is, you know, I'm I'm with the grand, <laughs> I'm with your the brother. I think I think that I think that if. If you get, if your brother gets lawyers like these in the studio, you come get me. I remember that. Uh, Lorraine, hello from Soweto. Hi, how are you? Very good. How are you? I'm fine. My question is different. Mm -hmm. 
My grandmother owned the house. Then he she he she passed away. Then my mom owned the house. Mm-hmm. It's three of us at home. Then my younger brother decided to sell the house mm. without our consent. So what do we do? In how, how long ago, Lorraine? Twenty twelve. When did you find out? Uh, I found. I only uh, find out uh, last year when I went because uh, the arrangement was. We'll put those people in there so that they can rent out the house. So you thought they are renting? Yes. But Mike, uh, Because we had our own houses. For sure. But now we don't have our houses. I don't have a house. And the kids are older now. They need their place. Yeah. Now I went there to visit the people. I said, uh, okay, now I'll come back home. They said, no, we bought the house from your brother. They say, well, who are you? I this went is, to yeah. the housing department at Jowek mm-hmm. and they showed me that those people bought the house in 2012. Okay. okay. So maybe if I can jump in there. Mm-hmm. Our our process, uh, I'm going to say this because this is my position, our process in, in administration of deceased estates, especially in deceased estates where the values of the properties are below 250,000 currently, is, is, is somewhat creating and contributing to the problem because there isn't proper oversight over the process. So a person can literally go to the master's office and say, hey, listen, um, my mom has died, I'm the only child. Yeah. And I get a lot of authority, I go and I sell the property, and there isn't anything that is going to alert all my other siblings that that transaction has taken place. Yeah. And I, I'm suspecting, and I'm sorry for jumping ahead, that this might be the case in this instance. And I think you, you might be spot on. Lila, you wanted to say something? No, no. I, 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 it was curious to me that she said my mother owned the house mm-hmm. and then my sister then owned the house, then she owned the house. I'm curious to understand how this transfer of ownership happened. Oh, you mean like the title deed? Whatever she meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorraine? No, the title deed was the house was in my grandmother's name. Oh, okay. Mm. And then your grandmother had a title deed? Yes. Then okay. she, she passed She passed away. Mm. Then because we were staying there with my mom alone. Mm. Then my mom, she's the one who had the title deed on, in her name because she was the only... Yeah. So, 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 and from, from the mother to her sister, there was a transfer of the title deed again. No, it didn't mm-hmm. go to the sister. It went from, it went from grandmother to mother, mother yeah. and, and then, sold by brother. and then mother dies, brother sells. No, he can't do that. Yeah. So, so it looks like, no, it looks it. like <laughs> Senator suspects there might be fraud at play, Lorraine, um, where, because for your brother to have been able to sell the property, he would have had to say that you don't exist. But, mm. And because this happened twenty twelve, but you found out last year, mm. it means you must yesterday try to do something about it. Can I direct yeah. her? Yeah. yeah. Quickly, um, um, sorry, Mlilo. I, I first things first is she needs to go to the master's office yeah. uh, with the death certificate of her mother and the grandmother, and pull out the latest date files for both deceased estates. That will tell you who got the letters of authority, uh, what happened with the transactions. That from there we have a help desk. Probono.org has a help desk at the master's office because we realize that there's a need there's for a- people to 
try and get what what they can do from a legal position to to try and help themselves yeah she's correct but i think i've the case law says you must go and exhaust internal remedies first before you go to to the high court to seek a reversal of that of that transfer. So she needs to go and lay a claim at the at the local um, the the local investigators first, mm. who then make a determination to say we don't have the power to reverse the transfer. She she takes that, that uh, local investigators at the at the at the registrar of deeds. No, at the what is it? These ones were um, okay. You think about it, and we take a break. Maybe okay. you need a break too. We back up. <laughs> <for this. laughs> know your rights. Know the law. The law report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back. We continue our conversation talking about family homes, and I want to go straight to the lines. I know that we got some hanging questions that will will revert back to um, Chichi from Redport. Good evening. Hello, hello, how are you? Well, and you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I have two questions, mm-hmm. okay? One question is, um, my mom is currently living at a family house where she grew up, that's her parents' house, okay? She's 72 years old, that's one. And then the title deed of that house, when, when the name, when the change happened, because obviously it's a municipality house, mm-hmm. it's in Orlando West. Mm-hmm. So when the change happened, they then put the title in my late uncle's name, who, is, who has passed on for like 10 years now. That's mm-hmm. the other situation. And then what is currently happening is, uh, then my mom went to the master. She got a, um, a um, sort of like an executive something. Yeah, letter of executorship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, she's got death with her. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the title because my uncle, obviously it's a family home where my mom was on the permit and then one of my other sisters was also on the permit because she used to live with my grandmother at the same house. But what we're trying to do is is to amend the title, is to change the title holder to my mother. However, it's becoming difficult because then my mom... Um, then they require all these other documents. Like, we have my uncle's death certificate, which is not a problem, but now they're looking for a will. They're looking for all other forms of documentation, which we cannot produce, because my uncle was, has always been at home with my grandmother, and he's never owned any other house. Um, he's always lived at the family house. So now he's passed on, and my mom is now living at the house, taking care of it looking after it mm-hmm. and at the same time it, the title is not in a name so i'm trying to find out if there's any other way uh besides producing is there so you're asking if the there's master? a double up uh, no <laughs> 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 wish if the letter from the master the title did and my uncle's death certificate is sufficient for us to change the title to to her name because you know what, she's 72 years old. I still have a sister that lives with her there. And we don't want to be in a situation where my mother passes and now we can't actually change it anymore to my sister type of situation. I got you. I got you. Help me here. Help me here quickly. Um, yeah. So it was your mo- <clears throat> your grandmother had your mother and your uncle. Did, he, did she have any other children? Uh, no, they're all passed so, on. Yes, there were other children. Did those other children have kids? Yeah, it's my sister. So it has. It was my uncle, my mom, and one of my elder sisters who used to live with my grandmother, yeah. who were then on the permit. Mm. 
because there was a permit, and on that permit, they were on that permit, which includes my mother. My sure. mother, my sister. We got you. If you talk some more, you're going to confuse us because... <laughs> <laughs> but we got the gist of it there. Uh, so let's, let's try to get you an answer, mm. uh, Chichi. Yeah. So uh, this is obviously an, a transfer from a deceased estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's a, an interstate estate, obviously now we have to do a family tree where we check who were... Because the, the title deed was in the uncle's name, ultimately. That's mm-hmm. the estate that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, the considerations would be who is surviving uncle. Um, and if it's indeed her mother, she, if she's the sole heir, then it, it's... It's that's easy, but it's what easy. if she's not? But what if she's not? And I'm, I'm getting the sense that she might not be. And maybe that is why the conveyances would then ask for a number of documentation to say, we need this, we need this, to try and, and, and see who is entitled to final registration or inheritance. But understanding the history, and you, you talked about family agreements, understanding the history and complexity where the uncle could very well have just been a custodian. Exactly. How then do you deal with it in terms of trying to locate ownership? Do you start from the the holder of the title, that's the uncle, or do you start with the grandmother? Because then, because if if the uncle has kids, mm. and and you locate the the tree from the uncle, then it means that the grandmother who lives there doesn't have title to it. Exactly. Where, where do you start? What do you take into account? Understanding the dynamic that you uh, ha- have have said in the preamble to the show. So I think the, 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 the question here is, and this is why we did the position papers, that the, the current systems, which is the administrative system and the issue of land registration is not accommodating of what people are or how people relate to the property. If we are to do this uh, transfer in terms of what is currently legislatively provided for, it would exclude a number of people who have in my opinion a vested right to the property and I guess the question would then be how do we then take these kinds of matters and actually use them as as forms of litigation to advocate for change to say that you know our current system our current land registration system is not accommodating of a few uh, concepts that are actually alive and aligned to how we use and access property in 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 South Africa so I you know there isn't a perfect question we get this question a lot I certainly get this question a lot where people are saying okay we hear you you want so and so who is related to the uncle but what about us what about the fact that we view and we have used this property over a long period of time as a family house how do we then get accommodated from a legal perspective i mean dr bolt any thoughts on on on, on this question it looks like it, it looks like the more questions we try to answer the the more trouble we we encounter well, I mean, so f- first of all, it's, it's, it's important to say that I can't hear the, the callers in. Right. So I can't respond to the details there. But as far as this kind of the ever-increasing complexity that you're referring to, I mean, absolutely. But that's already true. Um, and it's t- at the moment, it's true partly because of this huge gap between quite a restrictive uh, set of rules in the law mm-hmm. and popular norms. Mm. So... On the one side, you've had kind of accom- attempts at accommodation, uh, like Sinolo uh, described with family agreements, which ran into their own trouble um, yeah. in that they involve placing habitatios and so on. I, I mean, they um, seem pragmatic at first. Um, you know, when you're entering it and we're all alive, it seems like a pragmatic thing to do to say, brother X, you stay here, we'll register it for convenience in your name. But yes. ultimately, it leaves a legacy of trouble, doesn't it? And and, and, and that's but really the concern. Let me just take another call because typically uh, um, our calls start to ring when there are 
not supposed to be ringing. We like them early, but we, we get most of them um, late in the show. Eddie from Davidson, good evening. Yeah, Mr. Eddie? Uh, how are you? Good, how are you, Eddie? Nah, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I've, I've got a question here. Yes, my hit mother, me fast. H- hit me fast with your question. Okay, my mother left me with the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow, you know how things happen in marriage. I ended up registering the house in my wife's name. She was concerned that uh, you wanted to die and you can become stuff. Now, all of a sudden, things are not good in marriage. She wants to keep me out of the house. <laughs> this is her house. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's the advocate, and and some court made him an advocate. My mother is still alive, by the way. <laughs> and during the, the process of transferring the house, she didn't even buy it. We just we, we, we just cast a figure with the lawyer to say, but I must put a figure here. How much are you buying it for? She said, just put down forty thousand, man. She put down forty thousand. What are my chances of getting the house? But but when no, why did you register it? So you were registering it in her name. Why? To, because I think that's mm. your reason to that. Your, your answer to that question is going to be very important. If you're saying I was, you know, I was registering it in her name to frustrate other claimants, no, you know, no, no. unless those claimants come. Huh? No, there were no claimants. I've got my sister. My mother actually bought a house for my sister and gave me the house that we used to stay in. Okay. And said, "You keep your house. Your brother keeps this one." So out of concern, the woman sees people fighting over houses, and I'm one person who was never interested in property. You know, yeah, it yeah. happened to me. I was just happy in the marriage, and I said, fine, let's just put it in your name in case I die, anything happens. Yeah. And now she comes to But, but okay, let's, let's see if we can help you in reverse. Are you married to her? Yes, we are married. Are you married in community of property? Out of community of property. Now, what we want to, I want to do is to get the house registered, in my kids' names, you've got two kids. Can I? Mm. Yeah, let's see if Tenolo can help you. Quickly. Can I ask a question? Mm. Uh, y- obviously, it's it's registered in both your names, right? No, her name. No, no, her name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I exit. Yeah, I think you. I think my mother, my mother is still alive to testify that. You never bought the house. No, you yeah. made your bed. You must. Leave I know. I yeah, admit. I think. Uh, listen. Yeah. So, so the the y- you got a tough case to be honest with you. Um, um, so, um, but I mean, take legal advice. You know what I like about the law is that you can get a, a very bright lawyer who can try to find a way out. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Yes, uh-huh. and then and then try not to get a pessimistic <laughs> one. Uh, like him Eddie, no, he Eddie I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You know, and you you can't toy around with registration. So mm. she yeah. was saying mm. to you, um, look, register it in my name so that I don't have trouble. But implicit in her uns, in her question and her concern, is, was creating a concern for you because then mm. it means that you were then going to assume the trouble, and you seem to have assumed that trouble. And I, and I think that's that's sort of the the conundrum you find yourself in. Um, hopefully you can sort of pierce through it and, and try to, you know, get some other answer, try to get your mother to fight the fight for you. But it, it looks like you are in a bit of a tight spot. Um, Kebi or Kebi from Soweto? Hi. Hello. Hi, Kebi. Um, so, actually I wanted to remain anonymous, but I guess it's too late. There's lots um, of Kebis out there, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, first of all, I've got a problem with um, 
with the fact that we call our homes family homes. Yeah. I've got a huge problem with yeah. that. I don't know, call me a millennial. I'm still young. I'm 27. Um, okay, so I'm going to try to cut it short. My grandfather passed away 2007. Mm-hmm. He had a will, left the house for my mother yes. and my sister and I. My mom passed away, sadly, as well, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, now the house remained to my sister and I, but my sister moved out, got a job elsewhere. So I stayed alone as the last born, mm-hmm. decided to take care of the house, only to find out months later that the house was in debt. Um, my mom took a loan, took a loan mm-hmm. and held the house as assurance. Yeah. So now we're stuck in this loan. Um, okay. Next thing... Uncle decides to come back home. Uncle, that is my mother's brother, um, knowing very well that the house is mine and my sister's. But mm-hmm. for the fact that it's a, it's a family home, um, we can't do anything about it. He wants to come back home. He's got nowhere else to go to. We can't kick him out. We've got this loan that we have to pay that will take us almost 10 to 20 years to pay it off. Um, SA Home Loans, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but SA Home Loans is refusing to cut it off because... It's a loan, and yeah. we, some of us we have to pay it off, and they're gonna repossess the house. Got you. Got um, you. Our mother had the title deed. My sister is the executor. At the end of the day, I'm the one that ends up paying for the house. With my uncle staying there, I had to move out because I didn't want to stay with my uncle. Right. You know, and not the question, for freedom, but we, we got the fact. I just, yeah. Well, okay. Hit us with your quick question so we can help you in the three minute that remain. Pardon? What's the question? The question is right now, so we've got this loan. Yeah. What do we do? Do we contact? We've spoken to SA Home Loan. They want their money. There's no double up. There's no shortcuts, <laughs> I know. But what else can we do? Was the loan not insured? Because a lot of the times when you take up a loan, I'm not saying this is the case here. A lot of yeah. the time when these guys give you loans, and I'm not talking about SA Home Loans. I'm just talking about lenders in general. Mm. They also sell um, insurance mm. on the debt itself. Mm. Um, That's the thing. I my mom had loans. After her passing, um, I went to the banks, and that was all sorted out. But with this one specifically, and they're refusing to give us answers. I think because my sister is the executor, so she might have all the answers. But I'm really stuck in this, and I'm really trying to get the answers. That why wasn't it insured? Why can't you let? Yeah. And then, are you time? sure that it's worth paying the loan? Because sometimes a loan could exceed the value of the property, and and as I, you've. Have you, like have I you, said, what I don't like, it's the family home. Our yeah. rituals, everything, we want to do them at home. And there's this uncle that we can't kick him out. Where is he going to go to? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a tough one. So, yeah. um, sorry, we. I'm not sure if we, we helped you at all. And, and I think the debt is the debt of the state. Mm. So um, so the state must be wound up properly. And, yeah. and, and, and if the SA Home Loan gave the debt, they must come and make a claim on the state. Mm. Um, and it appears that they've already called on debtors to 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 uh, come forth. And I don't know whether or not the, they came on time before yeah. the state was... But, but I mean, uh, she doesn't know, Anonymous doesn't know yeah. what the status is because that would have been helpful mm. yeah. um, to know what the executor knows yeah, because because then you could make it a little bit difficult for the for for the for the loaning company. Yes, to say no, no, no. Actually, uh, here's a cue. Join it. Yes, but it also depends on the nature of the agreement. If the if the house is used, but but hang on, hang on. If if the uh, Gabby, just check this, and that might be very important. 
if they wanted to burden the house and use it as surety, they would have had to register a bond over it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and for them to have a preferential right or any mm. any enforceable right post the death, if it's like some private agreement that they didn't subsequently register, they'd have to join the queue yeah. and and be like any other creditor. So so you might find that you have some kind of a way out there. So so just check that out. We run out of time, but I hate leaving matters outstanding. It's my OCD. Um, I think it's Gladed. Um Quickly in in two seconds. What, what's the question? Hi. 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 Is it Claudette um, with a T? Yes, it is. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. In two um, seconds, I please. just want to know, my mom has the title deed for the house. She's still alive, but she has a will, and we are three daughters, and she has left now the, the house to the three of us, um, equal share. But two of us live in different provinces, and one sister of mine lives in the house currently with her. So I want to know what sort of claim will she have because she lives in the house with my mom, should my mom pass? Will it it, it won't be any greater. You'll, uh, you'll be sharing it one third each. And I don't think you have a problem. You see, having a will, and probably this is a good parting note, having a will sorts out a lot of these problems yeah. because you don't have to ask who lives where. You just go straight to the will. If there's three daughters and it's one property, you each own 33.3% of that property full stop. So you don't have to have a, long, uh, a long-winded inquiry. I'm happy that we can help you in, in, in the seconds that we have. Uh, advocate. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Dr. Bolt, thank you so much um, for, for joining us um, uh, on Skype. Uh, we've really uh, valued your input. Thank you very much. And, uh, and Tanula, thank you so much. I hope to have you some more on the show. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed having uh, this discussion with you and I, and I enjoyed your insights. Thank you very much. Yeah, can we stalk you? Sure. All um, right, that's the Law Report. Uh, We're back again next Wednesday. From me, Michael Bell, good night. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.